What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike Hernishan. I'm joined by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, Devin the Verified Jackson. But you know what's better than having two Big Shots on the podcast? Having a draft dude on the podcast. We are lucky to be joined by the Draft Network's Joe Marino. Talk some Senior Bowl stuff. Joe, how are you doing today? Doing well, guys. Appreciate you uh, inviting me to come on here. And anytime uh, I get together with people and talk football, that's always a good time. So I've been looking forward to this. Absolutely. I I, I was gonna try to come up with like some sort of smart, you know, smart Alec uh, <laughs> intro with the guys being dudes or big shots being dudes, but I, I'm not gonna try to to jack your gimmick. Uh, Devin and I've been excited about this one for a while. One of our favorite guys in the industry. Uh, one of the best beards in the industry as well. And responsible for getting us both hooked on Built Bars. So thank you for everything, Joe. Man, you know, look, Built Bars are a problem for me as well. And they, <laughs> they sponsored the podcast and they, you know, every once in a while they'll send us a care package. And oh, so, yeah. but man, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm impressed by the amount of Built Bars I'm buying myself because I'm, I'm hooked. I got to have like two a day. Um, so, uh, billpar.com, promo code locked on for 20% off your first order. I'll, I'll fit that in here while, uh, while I have the chance. Funny you say that because you got us hooked on, on Built Bar and then they sponsor us as well. Oh, I'll use our, use my promo code for today at least though. Exactly. Use shows. <laughs> exactly. Good stuff. Um, uh, so yeah, obviously we are in the midst of a very different senior bowl. Uh, you, you're also doing this virtually, right? Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. It, what's that been like? Cause obviously I know last year you couldn't make it down, um, because of the birth of your daughter who just recently yeah. turned one. Uh, so happy birthday. Um, so like what's, how's, how's adjusting to virtual senior bowl life been? Well, you know, I, I guess I, I had been going every year, right? I think I probably went to like five in a row and then, with again my daughter being born the week of the senior bowl last year i couldn't go and so you know there's always that piece where you're, you definitely miss being there i wouldn't have not been uh, with my wife for the birth of our daughter for anything in the world but um you know you, there's still that part of you that's like man i lo- i just love being down there i love uh getting to see faces and talk to people that you you know only interact with on social media and it's just a really fun experience and that first hand information is always really really good um, and so I was pretty excited to get back. And then, you know, here we are. I uh, can't get down there. Um, you know, I, I think for me, I, I, I think I'm a pretty positive person. And so for the most part, I just cling to the things that I think are benefits. Um, and I think not having to travel and not having to be for, away from the family and, um, you know, being able to sleep in my own bed. And, it, you know, the reality is I just want to watch the practice. And, and so with uh, the the film being provided to us um you know it actually gives you a more uh, efficient and consolidated way to consume everything um so i feel like my ability to watch practice and get the takeaways that i want is actually easier because i have everything organized in the film share and um you know i can see everything as opposed to if you're there live you're only your eyes can only be in one spot and there's you know five different things happening on the field so I, I'm just going to try to cling to the positives and the the efficiency and being able to really get eyes on everything uh, compared to, you know, obviously I miss being being around friends in the industry and, and there's nothing like being there live. So, um, you know, just clinging to the positives like I hope everyone else is. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, and obviously, uh, there's been, you know, a few kind of breakout guys. I know that, uh, I think you, you recently wrote about, you know, some of the breakout receivers that you've seen so far. Uh, what have you, who have you been impressed by so far, uh, this week at the Senior Bowl? A lot of players. I, I think if, if you go back to both days, I think the guy that's been the most impressive across both days is Dwayne Eskridge, the, the wide receiver from, uh, Western Michigan. Like a, a cornerback slash receiver. He's like 24 years old, played in the Mac, but nobody can run with this guy, right? Nobody can stay connected to this player. And, um, obviously I think 1v1s are heavily slanted towards the receivers in, in these types of drills. They have uh, all the space in the world to work with. Um, but man, he's just, nobody's near him and he's finishing well at the catch point and he's, Showing a lot of athleticism. And so I think that's really exciting. And, you know, look, for every Dwayne Eskridge, there's a Braxton Miller and a Penny Hart where everybody was buzzing and new and on about him. But you can't help but come away impressed with what he's been able to get done this week. I'll give you another name. Quinn Mainers, Quinn Mainers from Wisconsin Whitewater, you know, Division three, not, not FCS, not Division two, Division three. And I'm always anxious to see what these players that come from these lower level of uh, of competition, see how they fare, you know, against the best seniors in the country, and and for um for Mainers, I think you know I thought he was pretty good in day one, but day two I thought he took a step, and um you see this guy compete, man, he's got his gut hanging out, you know, I, just a, that's been a, my favorite part, right? Like you just, I think for me, I just it, it's a small thing, and right, it's not going to make him a better player, but to see him just kind of come into this big stage. And say, nah, you know what? I'm just going to do what I do, man. The, the belly's going to be hanging out, and I'm just going to mix it up with these guys and prove that I belong here. And, uh, I've loved that from him so far. Uh, you know, so look, I, I could, I can give you a lot of names, but, uh, if you said who, who is the, who's been the most consistent across two days, who's been the guy that's really stood out to you in a positive way, maybe not the best player there. I think those are the two names that I would, uh, bring to the table. For sure. I, I'm glad you mentioned Mainers because, um, uh, going into the week, I, I, I'm all, like you said, always a little hesitant with these D3 guys, but it always seems to work with the offensive linemen. Ben Barch, uh, Ali Marpet a couple years ago. Wasn't Alex Kappa also a, a yeah. Division three? Like, it, it's something about D3 linemen in the Senior Bowl. And of course, I've been watching that position group as, as my responsibility this week. So, he has been possibly the best offensive lineman of that group. I think the really the only one that's given him kind of competition for that title would be Jalen Moore out of Western Michigan, another guy who I had, who I knew nothing about coming into the week. What have you um, thought? Of, let me ask you a question. What have you thought that? of James Hudson? You've been dialed in on offensive line. Hudson's a guy that is really interesting to me out of Cincinnati, transferred from Michigan, a defensive lineman. And he's only played like 700 snaps of offensive line at Cincinnati, and you could tell that he's really raw. But my goodness, yeah. the traits are there for him to be special. And I thought, I thought day one to day two, he took such a, a big jump in my view, and I'd be anxious to get your thoughts on on him. He did. So actually, right before the Senior Bowl, I, I did kind of his, I, I did his eval, and I watched uh, three of his games, including the Georgia game, which, if you ask me, was was by far his worst on film. There was a lot of kind of spatial awareness issues, not finishing his blocks, and obviously a boneheaded uh, penalty ejected, that got him ejected. Right? Yeah. 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 So I came away unimpressed. I, I knew the tools were there, but I, I had the impression he was going to need one to two years of just coaching in order to be, you know, someone that you could put on the field. Kind of in the same, not the same, like, 
style of player, but the same way that the Eagles handled Vitae coming out of TCU a couple years ago. I had that same kind of feeling. And again, day one, he was kind of hit or miss. He was someone that was just kind of there. Day two, he really showed that his hands are a lot stronger than I thought they were on film. Like, he was burying some folks. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's one thing to keep in mind as you evaluate the week, right? Uh, there's going to be players that start slow, but I, I think there's a lot to be said for the guys that don't fare well early, take the coaching, and get better throughout the course of the week. And I know we're, you know, we're two days into this thing, but James Hudson shines as that type of player already at this point. I'll be anxious to see how he evolves the rest of the week. I would say Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa, same thing. Really, really rough first day, struggled with his leverage, which is, I mean, I've never been six foot eight. I'm six <laughs> foot one. So I can't imagine how hard that's got to be for him, but he, he played a lot better and he had a rep yesterday that I, I tweeted out. And it was against Rashad Weaver in one-on-ones. And he just swatted him like a fly. Set Weaver, who's about 250, just flying. Yeah, he knows that's what you want to see, right? Um, yeah. Weaver, a guy who brings length and heavy hands and was really productive this year. You know, you want to see him be able to mix it up with those guys. So um, I, I agree with you on Spencer Brown. I think he's been up and down. But you, you look at the positives and you see that there's a lot to work with. Yeah. I mean, Devin asked you about some of the guys that are maybe, you know, you know, quote unquote, making you know themselves some money or, or guys that have stood out. Are there anyone? Is there anyone that's kind of underwhelmed this week? Because I mean, it, it we do have to kind of talk a bit about the negatives. But is there anyone that stood out to you that just kind of has really not lived up to your expectations of them? Uh, I'll give you two players. Um, first of all, Racy McMath, a wide receiver from LSU. Um, you kind of wondered why he was here. Um, he wasn't very productive at LSU, and you think back to 2019, and you say, okay, well, Terrence Marshall, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, yeah, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Thaddeus Moss, okay, whatever, he's the sixth option in the offense, all right, don't expect much. But then you thought about this year, where, like, Kate, those guys are all gone. It's Terrence Marshall and Racy McMath, and it's, McMath's opportunity to show that he can play. You you saw that he's got size. He's like 6'3", 215. He's got great straight line speed, but you know, you, just the evaluation is really difficult because you have to watch so much tape just to see a small amount of targets. And then I'm anxious to see what he's what he's capable of. And when he got the the call to be here, I'm like, wow, this could be one of those, you know, like a Russell Gage or something like that that you know just kind of underused in college. But there's a skill set there. And you know, watching McMath, I mean. First of all, you just you just see, can tell he's not natural as a route runner. He's counting his steps. He's just nothing. There's nothing natural to him about just running normal routes and with timing and knowing when to stick his foot in the ground and plant. I mean, he's very calculated. And then I just whenever the ball comes, he has no idea what to do. Uh, and I, that's that's probably too aggressive. You could just tell he's inconsistent with that. So um, a guy that I thought needed to make up for not very much experience and sample size. I don't think he's done that. The other player is uh, Shaka Tony from Penn State. I mean, he came in like in the 230s. Um, first of all, show me the list of guys in the NFL rushing the passer that are affected in, in the 230s. The list is none. And um, you, you go back to his tape at Penn State, and you're like, well, he's got a good quick first step, and he can really win with some speed. But, I mean, he's getting pinballed around out here. You know, I mean, he, he has no ability to really threaten the outside hip of offensive tackles despite being bursty and bendy because he doesn't have – the power to kind of lean and have that core functional strength to like 
to press into that angle and, and you know really soften that that outside hip and you know grease the angle. He doesn't have any power. It's like you know I, I just if you're a situational pass rusher, then I mean you got to be tough to get your hands on, and you have to be able to literally literally run circles around guys if you're going to be two thirty something. And I mean guys have no problem setting up roadblocks and dealing with him up the arc. So uh, Tony's a guy that you know is leaving me with even more questions. Um, and he had a good career. He had a good career at Penn State, a lot of sack production. But, you know, I'm not sure that he's got the, the makeup to be very effective at the next level. Yeah, like uh, he got just thrown aside by uh, Robert Jones. I think there's one more in my group that I would say has been on that 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 disappointing, and it's the the kid from the University of Cal. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it. The guard. It. Yeah. Yeah. He's I think struggling. He's really struggled. <laughs> it's been two days, and it doesn't matter whether it's an edge rusher or an interior guy. Everybody seems yeah. to be able to get the best of him. I'm really hoping that today on day three, he's able to kind of put it all together and get something out of it because it has not looked good. Yeah, yeah. Kind of for uh, my side, uh, I'm, I'm covering the American offensive line. Uh, some guys that kind of disappointed me, uh, Deontay Brown, Alex Leatherwood. Um, Leatherwood had a better day two uh, compared to day one, but I felt like, you know, he had some struggles trying to uh, handle those bendier, uh, quick, titch, quick twitch pass rushes like Quincy Roche was getting the best of him, uh, even on day two as well. Um so uh, for Joe, uh, have you gotten a chance to look at like guys like Deontay Brown, Alex Leatherwood, uh, and, and seeing how they perform this far? I have. Um, I watched their their first day. Um, I thought Leatherwood was okay in day one. Um, for Brown, man, I, this is just not going to be his stage, right? He's like 360 pounds. He's a phone booth guy. Um, you know, he's he needs the structure of an offensive line around him. Like one V ones where the other, the guy across from him just has a two way go and has all this space. I mean, he didn't have the mobility to, to, to just chase rabbits out there. <laughs> you know, like it's not the great stage for him. I think with, with Brown, if you go back to remembering that this is a scheme specific, it's a gap power run blocker, right? A mauler, a guy that can quick set and nobody's going to go through him. Uh, and when he has a, a center and a tackle, uh, on either side of him that, you know, uh, can help uh, with speed and, you know, slide protection. Like just the structure of offense is going to be better for Deontay Brown. So um, I, I think with him, I think you have to go back to whatever you saw on tape and um, really value that more than 1v1 reps in the senior bowl. And I think I, I don't want to discredit them because I think they're important. But for players that you kind of know what they are and when space is afforded, that is not typically there in a game situation, you know, I think, I think that's something I keep in mind, but I, I think it's fair to say that they haven't impressed, but I, I think that you should, you shouldn't let this affect your grade too much because I think their tape is more indicative of, of the roles they're going to fill at the next level. For sure. Uh, one thing we've been doing, Joe, uh, we've had, you know, some, some guys that are a little bit more, you know, experts, you know, on their team. We had Connor Rogers on to talk a little bit about the jets. Now, Unfortunately, the Bills couldn't quite make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, Devin and I were both rooting for them because, well, having a Brady versus the Bills in the Super Bowl just <laughs> writes every narrative. Although I'm pretty sure you didn't want to face uh, Tom in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, look, I, I think the thing with facing Tom in the Super Bowl is you just didn't want to lose again. 
Yeah. Um, so you lose your fifth Super Bowl, <laughs> and you lose to Tom Brady, who I think had like a 33-3 and record <laughs> as a starting quarterback for the Patriots against the Bills. So it's like, on one hand, you love to just like really take the mantle, right? If you knock off Mahomes and Brady, like <laughs> that's as impressive as it gets. So that was intriguing to me. Um, and of course, you know, with having lost the AFC Championship game, you'd much rather lose the Super Bowl. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I, I, it was a great year for the Bills. 13 and three, uh, first AFC Championship game appearance is 1993. Uh, Josh Allen played at an MVP level. He'll be a top three when it's all said and done in the voting. Stefan Diggs leads the NFL in receptions and yards. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a successful season. And at the end of the day, only one team's, only one team has a happy ending to their season, right? One. And, um, there was only one game played after the AFC Championship game. So the Bills had a great year. I think stomaching the loss is has become easy for me because the Bills aren't as good as the Chiefs. And when you lose to a team that you're better than, uh, okay, that, that's it. You're just not as good. I think where you get frustrated with losses, or at least I do, is when you, you know that you're as good or better than the team, but you don't execute or you make boneheaded mistakes or there, there's, there's plays left out on the field that you could point to and say, yeah, that was a difference in the game. Well, you're not looking at that AFC championship game and saying it was one or two things or three or four things. It's like 10, 12, 15 different things that were the difference in the game. And the Bills, uh, they know what they have to do, right? The gap is whatever is between them and the Chiefs. And they have to close that gap because if they're going to win the AFC, you know, let's face it, it's going to go through Mahomes in Kansas City. So a great year for the Bills. Um, but, again, the fact that that game was pretty obvious that the Bills aren't on the Chiefs level, it's okay to stomach a loss like that in my view. So that being said, with a senior bowl eye, who are some guys that you think the Bills could target? Who are some guys that maybe you would want the Bills to go after in order to close that gap? You know, I think, I think wow, um, three things come to mind here. Number one, I think it's important for the Bills to continue investing in their strengths, uh, and that being offense. And if you're going to beat the Chiefs, you're going to have to outscore them. And so I'm, I'm all about some more firepower on the offense. And I, I think firepower and Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver from Florida, uh, those things really line up for me, and I think he could really be an X factor. Uh, they love to get Isaiah McKenzie going on some jet sweeps. Uh, they love to throw the ball down the field. And I think Tony this year, um, has proven that he's not just a, a gadget yards after catch guy, you know, speed and elusiveness in space, but he's a guy that can get vertical and win down the field. And um, I think that'd be a, a great addition to uh, the Bills' already, you know, high-powered offense. Uh, I think Hamsa Nasrul Dean from Florida State, the safety. Um, I like to call him a positionless sub-package defender. And when you think about some of the challenges that the Bills had dealing with tight ends this year, um, and obviously Travis Kelsey killed him. In the AFC Championship game, the Colts had a lot of success with their tight ends against the Bills. Um, you know, Mike Gusecki's in the division, Darren Waller. You know, these guys are all over the NFL. Mark Andrews. You need a guy that can match up with those players. And Nasser Dean, I think, can do a lot of things, but specifically as that type of neutralizer uh, to give them a versatile player and sub uh, would be a big-time benefit to the defense. And then, you know, I, I think about um, the Bills' free agents, right? And I think they have three key ones. Uh, linebacker Matt Milano, and then two starting offensive linemen, right guard John Feliciano and right tackle Darrell Williams. And just listening to Brandon Bean talk uh, over the last few days about, you know, kind of the year end and moving forward, didn't didn't give a lot of confidence about being able to bring back everyone, especially Matt Milano, who said 
uh, at Bean actually said, hey, Matt's kind of earned the right to see what his market bears in free agency. And obviously, if the cap's at 175, the bills are right at 175 right now. And so there's not a lot of confidence that I got from listening to Bean about bringing back Matt Milano. And so, you know, now all of a sudden you got a whole linebacker next to Tremaine Edmonds. And so when you think about Jabril Cox or Chaz Surratt uh, as linebackers that are in Mobile, I think both of those guys kind of profile as that matchup weak side linebacker that can play alongside Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, all those are really good options, especially Kadarius Tony, um, Nashville Dean as well. Um, couple more questions here before we get you out of here. Um, you know, uh, what has been your take on some of the, the senior bowl quarterbacks? Like, you know, Jamie Newman, uh, has, uh, you know, hasn't played this season, but is down at the senior bowl. Uh, you know, guys like Ian Book, uh, Mac Jones impressed a little bit yesterday, uh, although we haven't, uh, been able to see uh, see the American tape yet. Uh, yeah. Who has been uh, some of your impressive guys and guys that, that haven't uh, done too well this week uh, in terms of the quarterback position uh, for the senior bowl? I'd be lying if I said I've watched a lot of the quarterbacks. Um, they, It's not a very interesting group to me, to be honest with you. Um, I think that there's some buzz around Mac Jones, obviously a wonderful season at Alabama. Uh, I think he does a good job of throwing the nine route. I, I just don't know what else I, I'm excited about with him. I think he's pretty limited with his physical ability. I think he's got slow feet. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I just want more out of my quarterback prospects. Uh, you know, you think about first round quarterbacks and, uh, what's moving the needle in the NFL and you get excited about the Lamar Jacksons and the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens and the Kyler Murray. Like, those guys aren't, Mac Jones doesn't have anything in common with those players. You know, he's not like Justin Herbert. Or, you know, I mean, you think, think about the dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And what about them is similar to Mac Jones? And so I, I just want more. And it, it kind of hurts me. Like I, I see 49ers fans. I see Bears fans. I see some Patriots fans and they're like, yeah, I really want Mac Jones. I'm like, want more for yourself because I mean, they said that like there's snap takers and there's there's difference makers, and that's something that Lance Zerline talks about a lot at quarterback. And, you know, if you want to have the Andy Daltons and the Kirk Cousins of the world, and if everything's perfect around them, you can have a chance, then go get yourself Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. But, man, I want a difference maker. I want a guy that can carry an offense, that can, you know, play above X's and O's. I don't watch Mac Jones and get any type of impression that he's that type of guy. So, yeah, I'm not in on Mac Jones. Uh, Jamie Newman's at least interesting. Um, I'm really concerned. Like you go from Wake Forest to Georgia, your tape at Wake Forest was really uneven. You know, I mean, your 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 uh, your physical gifts are really exciting, right? You could got a live arm. He's got good size, physical, athletic. I mean, you could you can do quarterback power with him, and and you know, add a layer to your offense. But you know, when when Sage Sherratt got injured at Wake, you know. Newman struggled and and he couldn't elevate the players around him and so I thought him going to Georgia was going to be wonderful where he could really show that he could be a progression style passer and answer some questions and you know play against even better competition in the SEC and then he didn't he didn't play you know and so like he needed it um, and so the Senior Bowl is big for him um, you know I think he's obviously the most physically gifted quarterback here um, if Jalen Hurts can be a second round pick so can Jamie Newman. But he's a guy that I think has quite a few warts that I'd be I'd be hesitant about really, you know, planting my flag on that hill and uh, you know thinking him of thinking of him as like a first round guy. 
Well, I mean, a couple, couple of takeaways from that. Uh, you you kind of hit on the, I think you said snap takers versus dip, uh, difference makers. I think everyone has their own kind of say for that. I think Daniel Jeremiah has like the, the, the trucks versus trailers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like th- there's, a, there's a lot of just kind of guys where, in my opinion, I think like the best player there at the position is probably Mac Jones. And I'm not touching Mac Jones before maybe the end of the second round. Like he's not going to grade out all that well for me, um, and the it, the fact you know uh, if Jamie Newman sorry if Jalen Hurts can be a second round pick so can Jamie Newman now Joe as a Philadelphia Eagles fan I'm pretty <laughs> sure Jalen Hurts was only a second round pick because it was Howie Roseman making that pick but I do see your point on that how many times do we say that? like I I, I I love doing that like okay if the Giants don't take Daniel Jones at seven where does he go. If Washington doesn't take Haskins, what was it, 15 or 16? Where does he go? You know what I mean? Like, um, go back to Mason Rudolph. All right. Mason Rudolph in, was it 2018? Yeah. He was Um, the Darnold draft. Yeah. I thought there was a chance, like, if the Bills weren't able to get, uh, into the mix for, you know, one of the quarterbacks in the top 10, that they would probably pick Mason Rudolph at pick 21 or 22, whatever they had. And, Mason Rudolph went in the third round to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So let's say things play out. The Bills can't get in the top 10. They don't get Josh Allen. They pick Mason Rudolph at 21. Well, there's your answer. Like, if the Bills pick Mason Rudolph at 21, then he goes at 21. If not, he he goes in the third round. You know what I mean? If if the Bills don't take EJ Manuel at 14, (laughs) I mean, ask yourself these questions, right? Like, it only takes one team. So... Were you were you evaluating back in in 2013 with with EJ yes. Manuel yet? You were. Yeah. I hadn't started yet. My uh, Teddy was my first year, so 2014. So okay. I do remember 2013 being a just god awful classic quarterback. Actually, just in general, really. Yes. Well, <laughs> so I feel bad. Buddy Nix, the Bills GM at the time, he he went into it and said, "We have to come out of this draft with a quarterback." <laughs> And so he was he was committed to the idea, and so he's picking between Geno Smith and EJ Manuel and Ryan Nassib and Landry Jones and all the other bad quarterbacks uh, from from that Are draft. Are any of them still in the league? Mike Glennon, I think. Mike Glennon's the shining star uh, from that that draft class. So yeah, I mean, it's it. I think you could play that game a lot. I mean, not 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 with every quarterback prospect, but mm-hmm. if Team X doesn't take them there, then where do they go? And yeah. Jalen Hurts is the next example of that. I had a fourth on him last year, so when they took him at 50, I was upset. Uh, I got one more question for you for sure. Uh, obviously, the focus of this week has been the Senior Bowl, but, you know, we'd be we'd be lying if we said we hadn't checked out underclassmen. Uh, who are some of your favorite guys that either just aren't at the Senior Bowl, underclassmen? I know that you've got a specific conference you've been assigned by the Draft Network, so just who are some of your guys? Man, I really like Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech. Um, you know, you, you do the background on him before you do the write up and, and this film eval. And so I'm reading about Farley and he's, you know, converted wide receiver. He's not playing, been playing cornerback for very long. And so I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to watch a really raw football player and, you know, we'll see what happens. And I didn't, I didn't watch a really raw football player. I watched a really good football player that has size and length and loose hips and quick feet and unbelievable ability to turn and run and, Loveman press coverage and the ball skills are off the charts. And I'm like, wow, this, this is a top tier cornerback prospect. And so, um, man, I, I take him in the top 10. Um, I, I'm a big, big fan of 
uh, Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Um, man, I, I like a lot of players. Um, who really pops for me? Though? I want to, I want to give fun names here. Um, I really like, okay, it has to be underclassmen. I'm thinking, of, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be underclassmen. Just, you know, from your, from your film study, whether they're senior bowl or not. Hmm. Um, everybody, okay, uh, Diami Brown from North Carolina. Uh, yeah, he's good. Underrated. I, my comp for him is Mike Wallace. Uh, I, I mean, if you're, if you're thinking about taking like, I don't know, Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle in the top 10, pick somebody else and get Deami Brown in the second round. You know, I, I think that he's a guy that, um, going, going into the season, I thought I liked Daz Newsome more than I liked Deami Brown, but, as 2020 played out, I slanted a lot more towards uh, Brown, and I think for a team that's looking for like a vertical threat um, that's fearless over the middle of the field, like I, I really like Brown from North Carolina. So, um, man, I could probably give you names for days, but those are those are a couple that really popped for me. Yeah, we are we are big fans of Virginia Tech on this podcast. Uh, are we? Caleb, well, well, yeah, we we're both big fans on. They're, they're players. They're players, not they're necessarily players. not the actual oh, okay. program. Not the okay, program. so we like Darisaw. We like Farley, right? I love Darisaw. Who program. else do we like? Khalil Herbert's a nice little back. Khalil Herbert's a nice little back. Um, you know that it wasn't exactly the most loaded team, but like Farley was great. Uh, for someone that Devin and I have had on the podcast for people to to watch next year is uh, there's there uh, Devin. He's a center, right? Yeah, their center Brock Hoffman. Brock Hoffman, he he's good. Do you guys like Diablo, the safety? I haven't gotten to him yet. He's someone that um that I've been the safety position I've been kind of slacking on. It seems this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first round name just Divine Diablo. That's amazing. Yeah. And do you know why he was named that? I do not. Uh, okay, so we've I got I got to get this. This is go this for is, it. This is one of my favorite um nuggets of the scouting process so give me one second i've got it okay so he was named divine ahmad diablo after his great-grandfather who was native american his first name was intended to even out his last night last name which is pronounced like the spanish word for devil so his parents thought his last name sounded too much like the spanish word for devil and so they evened it out by naming him divine that is awesome. Yeah. So there you uh, go. I know you had mentioned before we hopped on that you hadn't watched the Big Ten. Uh, Devin and I are, are, are going to let you know now. You're going to love Indiana. Just you're going to love it because Watt Fillier is still being slept on for some reason. And I think again, Kyle liked him. Kyle watched yeah. him, and I think he likes him. But I need to see him for myself. You Shout know, out to Kyle Kyle's word for it. Yeah. What's that now? Shout out to Kyle Kraft while we're at it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, w- Wop's another one with uh, with an interesting uh, backstory. His real name is Mister Elias Fillier Jr. Oh, okay. Yes, his first name is Mister, uh, and goes by Wop because uh, as a kid he loved eating Whoppers from Burger King. Really? Dead serious. I thought you were going to say Whoppers like uh, the the candy. <laughs> nope. The yeah. What is that? I, I, I thought you were going to say that too. <laughs> no, Whoppers from Burger King. Like, yep. brother, let's find a better burger. You know, like, <laughs> can I take you to Five Guys or something? <laughs> Got to ask him about that if we ever get him on the pod for yeah. sure. Is he, is he still pounding the table for Whoppers? Because if so, that's going to push him down on the board. You know. <laughs> I don't know because because he's a smaller guy. He's only about like one eighty. So I don't know how many Whoppers you can eat and still and, be one eighty. I'm 
I mean, I haven't been 180 in a long time. <laughs> uh, Devin, there anything else we, you want to ask Joe before we get him on out of here? Uh, no, I, I guess. Well, I'll ask one final question. Uh, if the Bills, is there a late round guy for the Bills that you would pound the table for, like a day three guy? Sure. Um, I think maybe I, JV and Hawkins, do you guys think that's a fair answer? I, I think yeah. he's a day three guy. Yeah, I think he's a day uh, three guy because he's yeah. small and he can't pass protect. Yeah, he's, I, he's a limited player. There, there's no question about it. Um, running back Louisville. But what I think Javian Hawkins could bring to the Bills is speed out of the backfield, and they don't have it. Like Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are um, not very fleet of foot; they're 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 slow. Um, and so I think the Bills' run game part of what led to some of the struggles is that they don't have much a peri- much of a perimeter run threat. And, and Hawkins, as a late round guy that can give you just kind of a you know. That that speed dynamic, whether it's throwing the football, you know, to him and getting him involved in the screen game, or you know, get him involved in some horizontal runs and that type of stuff to just kind of help with the spacing a little bit. So, um, I think late round, I think niche players and you know, getting returns out of niche players, and I think that I can identify a course for Hawkins to come in and, and claim a role and, and help the Bills in a very specific way, which I think is what you're looking for on day three, guys. Yeah, kind of that. Whoops. Yeah, kind of that positionless. Uh, you know, just get him, just get the ball in his hands, whether it's yeah. you know swing passes, handoffs. I think that would be a, a good fit. Um, but yeah, Devin, if you've got nothing else, uh, Joe, we appreciate you coming on. Um, people can find you. It's it's at uh, the Joe Marino, right? That's right, at the uh, Joe Marino on Twitter. Yep. The Joe Marino on Twitter. Just for today, use uh, that the promo code locked on <laughs> to get twenty percent off of your next Built Bar purchase. Um, yeah. Uh, again, thanks for coming on. And again, before we let you go, Joe, I just want to let everyone know that we are in at least in this podcast pulling for the Chiefs because we know that if the Bucks win, Sikkim is going to be insufferable. Yeah, we we can't have that. Um <laughs> it, you know, we've got a lot of Bucks things going on at TDN. JC Cornell, big Bucks fan. We got Trevor Sikkima, uh Jake Arians, Bruce Arians' son. Oh uh, yeah, does, I forgot about that. He does work for us as well. So, uh you know, Paige is very fond of <laughs> Uh, Bruce, uh, they had a great relationship when she was covering the Cardinals and, and Bruce was the head coach there. So, you know, look, I want, I want my friends to be happy, but you know, Tom Brady's not my friend and, uh, it, it just, I don't need it. I don't need, we, like, I'm really getting tired of people coming up with creative ways to say that Tom Brady's the goat. Like we, like we know what, like, if you're just coming around to this, like, where have you been? This is not new. He's good every year. Uh, he's been good every year, and um, you know I'm tired of his ass. So go Chiefs. It's getting to that point where he's become LeBron, where it, you know you you kind of just don't want to see him in the you know in the finals or in the Super Bowl anymore yes. because they're they're there more often than not. It's like Alabama with the you know with the the national title. They're there more often than they're not. But again, Joe, thanks for coming on. Um, and that's gonna do it for today, guys. As always, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore draft. You can follow Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Follow Joe on Twitter at uh, the Joe Marino. Keep up with all of the stuff at the Draft Network. We appreciate all the great work you guys are doing. And until next time, take it easy. <laughs>